0: Before Adol speaks, we're going to have a scripture reading this morning from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 2, verses 1 through 13. So if you'll turn in your Bibles to Mark, chapter 2, we'll begin at verse 1. Mark, chapter 2, beginning at verse 1. And again he entered Capernaum after some days, and it was heard that he was in the house. Immediately, many gathered together so that there was no longer room to receive them, not even near the door. And he preached the word to them. Then they came to him, bringing a paralytic who was carried by four men. And when they could not come near him because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof where he was. So when they had broken through, they let down the man on a bed, which was where the paralytic was lying. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven you. And some of the Pharisees were sitting there and reasoning in their hearts, Why does this man speak blasphemies like this? Who can forgive sins but God alone? But immediately, when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they reasoned thus within themselves, he said to them, Why do you reason about these things in your hearts? Which is easier to say to the paralytic? Your sins are forgiven you? Or to say, Arise, take up your bed and walk. But that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic, I say to you, Arise, take up your bed and go to your house. Immediately he rose, took up the bed and went out in the presence of them all. So that they were all amazed and glorified God saying, We never saw anything like this. May God bless the reading of his word.
1: We never saw anything like this. First, before I forget, I enjoyed the choir this morning. They could not. And may God bless your choir. And we should give them another hand of applause, please. Yes. This was a, a beautiful story. I always meditated on it and enjoyed it in my meditation about a paralyzed man that was brought to Jesus. Before we go on with the message, and I will uh, promise you that I'll get you here before 2 o'clock. <laughs> we have amongst us today... A man and his family, his wife and daughter. You heard about him and what he did on our behalf. Ever since we were introduced to him and met with him, I felt and uh, the officers of this church felt that he he was one of us. And it's a pleasure to have him being one of us. And uh, he was the one I told you about, that he went to the CEO, when uh, we face difficulties in having our loan being approved, and uh, when the CEO said, well, it is difficulty, we don't have this kind of loan to give, this money is not available for such a loan, he went on his own, and uh, he said, no, what I've seen from these people, they are genuine, and thank you for that, Gary. And he saw the commitment that we have. And he went and uh, partnered the loan with two banks, one in the northern California, in the north, and one in the south. And he made this happen for us, and he funded us. Gary Klein, Senior Vice President of the Bank of San Francisco, he's with us this morning. (laughs) Thank Thank you. And when I talked to him, I said, uh, you're coming to visit? He said, yes, I will come and attend church. I said, I'm preaching on the 25th of April. He said, I will be coming with my wife Coco and his daughter, and they're here too. So we welcome you. This is a great pleasure. I don't know whether he's going to come back again after listening to me, but that will leave it to the Lord. We'll leave it to Almighty God. Uh, I uh, don't know how, uh, how fast you drove getting to church today. Uh, Gary came from San Francisco, right? And many of you. But uh, I was um, uh, reading a uh, few things. A, a certain uh, email was sent to me by one of our members. And uh, Gloria, thank you. Uh, those who speed on the highway... We have a few hymns for them. I start. When I started reading it, I started laughing at myself. I said, well, I'm going to share it. So if, you've, if we drove today 45 miles per hour, God will take care of you. <laughs> at 65 miles per hour, nearer my God to thee. <laughs> These are hymns, you know, if you know them. At 85 miles per hour, God help me. This world is not my own. You belong somewhere. <laughs> I started laughing in my office at home. At 95 miles per hour, Lord, I'm coming home. <laughs> at 100 miles per hour, precious memories. <laughs> You're God. So I hope we all drove the, uh, what is it? Sixty-five, good. Sixty-five nearer my God to thee. We'll stay there. (laughs) We'll stick to that. Well, anyway, I thought of sharing this with you. The healing of the paralytic. It's a, a beautiful story. It's a touching story. And many preachers preach about that. But today I thought of taking a some unknown figures from this passage and speak about them. the four men the Bible does not mention names that it only says he was carried by four men no names we don't know who they were we don't know who they are until now and we have nothing more elaborate about them But I thought that with my fertile imagination, I want to share a few things with you about them. Jesus came. Jesus was in Capernaum. This was his town in northern uh, Palestine of old. And uh, he was there and they heard that he is visiting uh, a home and he is there going to talk to people preaching, talking to them. Uh, And the people, the crowds started coming one by one. And uh, they want to see Jesus because they heard he's a miracle man performing miracles. And as we all know, no place is a foreign place to Jesus. If he's in the sea, he can calm the sea. If he's uh, at home, he speaks at home. If he's in the prairies, He preached to the people in the prairies. If he meets a crowd of 4,000, 5,000 people and they're hungry, he feeds them. He is God himself incarnated in man. He addressed the crowds, always remember, with sympathy and love. That's our Jesus. This is our Lord. And no one came to him with an open heart and left unsatisfied. Remember that. That Jesus satisfies. And if you're here this morning. With unsatisfied heart. You have a problem. You have a situation. I guarantee you one thing. If you open your heart to the Lord Jesus Christ. If you open your life to him. He will not leave you unsatisfied. He will touch you. And send you home happily. There we find according to the passage we read this morning. There were curiosity seekers, people curious, who is this? Jesus. We see some hinderers there which will pass, but this is not my main subject. We see the helpers there. We see the man and Jesus Christ. So this is why I said, I'm going to let you out at 2 o'clock because we have a lot to cover. No. There will always be where Jesus was there was always. There were. These people who are curious. If you will please. They wanted to know. Who this Jesus is. And. Uh, Luke says. Look who, who were there. In uh, chapter 5. 17, 26, the same passage in Luke. It says. Tells us that. A distinguished audience. Present that day. Professors of law. Doctors, lawyers, priests of different levels, and some were only critics. And many people come to church to listen, and thank God the majority go to church, listen. I, when I say church, the church in general in the world. But many go there to critique. And when they go there to critique, you know what? Their heart is, will never be open. And they are there to make some critique, and I hope I will not have some many critiquing me after the message here. I pray, and I hope. And they were there, these people, the curiosity seekers, to watch Jesus perform a miracle and to say whether it's genuine or not genuine what he did. They they always they always critiqued him. He went to eat with the with the uh, sinners. Who is not a sinner? Oh, he says. they said, he eats with the sinners, and he eats with the publicans, and so on and so forth. So they were hearers. Only hearers, if they hear, not willing to act upon what they hear. And the Bible tells us about them. He says, they have hear, but they do not hear. So the Apostle James tells us about those. They are not doers of the word. Not merely, not even merely hearers, but they just come to criticize the Word of God. They were lookers. They were nothing more than curious spectators. There's another, we we read this morning, there are some hinderers there. You know what the devil main's job is? To put rod blocks. In the way of people. Do you experience that in life? Do you? He tries with all his power. To hinder those who express the desire. To come to Jesus. He does his utmost. To prevent them from following him. This has been the case. Since the beginning of the world. You know sometimes. The devil uses. The people that are closest to you. To stand in your way and this happened with Jesus Christ himself when the little ones were trying to come to him what happened the disciples these were the people who were closest to him they said no no you can't come close to the master why he loves the children and we love the children and the disciples tried to prevent them from coming to him but what did he say what did he say? Let the children alone. Leave them alone. And do not hinder them. For the kingdom of heaven. Belongs to such as these. And you know we thank God for every child. Every daughter. Every son you have. Every person. Because the church in the future. Is to be built on these children. That we are helping now. Them to grow up and be the men and women of the future. Please do not hinder them from coming to Jesus. And I see some of them with us today. Welcome, we love you very much. And I have always chocolate for you back in my office. I do. There were also those accusers there. They are specialized in finding faults in others. Don't you have them in the office? Don't you have them in your company? Don't you have them in your bank? Don't you have them at school? Don't you have them at everywhere? These people, you find them all the time. And the Bible says in verse 8 that they were reasoning with themselves. They were reasoning. And uh, they were wrong reasoning. You cannot reason and judge people who are coming to Jesus Christ to be healed or to grow up and to listen to him. A man once said, such reasoning is not a sign of intellectuality at all, but it is a sign of a shriveled soul. May God help us. So we will be listeners and doers of the word. And when we are coming to church, we come to church to see what God wants from us. To obey him, accept what he says, and go live Jesus Christ to the world. Because this is what the word needs. To see us being examples of what true Christianity is. And there are... The helpers, but before that, I read a little story about those who are hinderers, and the story says, "Are you a honker or a helper?" Okay, follow follow this story with me. It's it, it's the story is told of, of a woman driver whose car stalled in the traffic, and she was unable to get it restarted. It happens, right? The fellow who was behind her. And unable to move. Thought it necessary. And so constantly. To show his impatience. He started on his horn. Every few seconds. He started blowing his horn. Finally the woman. With pause, And she. Was holding herself. Uh, walked back to his car. And said. If you will go try to start my car. I'll stay here and honk your horn for you. (laughs) Very nice lesson. I thought she was going to go and beat him. (laughs) But it's a lesson for us. So, okay, let's change roles a little bit. So many times, we find that in every church. Everywhere. The one who's not doing anything to help... Is also the one who makes most noises, so I hope it's not here. And I pray. And always they always complain that nothing is happening. Well, get going, and everything will start happening. Now to the main subject: the helpers, four unknown men, no name. The Lord. Withheld the name for us. So we always. Think of them. As men like angels from above. No name. With love in their heart to the Savior. Compassion. They had compassion. They met together. They heard about this paralyzed man. And he could have been paralyzed from the neck down. From the waist down. He was anyway paralyzed. And he needed, He no one could take him to Jesus. And he was home for so many years. We don't know when. The Bible does not tell us for how long. And they met together. How did they meet? We have no idea. But they met together. They decided to do something about this situation. They Let's stop talking about it. Let's do something about it. Let's take some action. And they saw that this need, this young man, no one could heal him. No doctors, no physician during those times, the early days when Jesus was here on earth. And he only needs, we heard, we know, there is a Savior there at that home and we need to take him there. They said, well, what do you think? Men, shall we take him there? The four of them said, Yes, we need to take him to Jesus. We need to take him to Jesus. There is no physician like Jesus. There is no doctor who can heal the soul like Jesus. There is no one that can change lives like Jesus Christ. And I give you today Jesus. He can change your life. No matter no matter what you have, no matter what you're going through, you might be going through a divorce, you might be going through a problem with the children, you might be—you might have lost your job in our economy, you might have a myriads of problems, but let me tell you one thing, and you've been disappointed so far, and you came to church, and you say, well, I want to hear a word, my word to you is, I present you Jesus Christ. I cannot offer anything else. I'm no doctor. I'm no physician. But the greatest physician is Jesus Christ himself. And I submit to you that this is the answer to any problem you have. He can resolve all your problems. They sympathized with this man. Well, that's another thing for them. Strike one for them. And this project... Needed sacrifice. This project needed sacrifice. Like the project we have at the church. With needed sacrifice. And thank you all. For sacrificing your time. Your money. Oh, your efforts. Whatever you've done. To prepare this place for us. May the Lord bless you. And we don't have to mention names. One thing. Every name is up there. Before the Lord Jesus Christ. It needed sacrifice. It will cost them something. These people were probably working in the field. They had to what? Take a day off. They were probably paid on an hourly basis. It took labor. I mean, how are we going to carry him and take him there? Oh, well, let's get a gurney from Kaiser Hospital. There was no Kaiser Hospital. Let's go to... Uh, to, to the hospital so on so on. no they have they had to make a little bed a stretcher if you will please they had to go buy a few things and make a stretcher it took them time sacrifice money labor expense and trouble they missed work and you know if you need to take a person to Jesus you need to sacrifice something you need to give up something. You need to make an extra effort. To bring someone to Jesus. I lift up my hat to these four men. We always said he was carried by four. But you know go back home. Open this, this uh, portion of the scripture. And study it more. You know what? While working. It uh, doesn't mention that they did quarrel. There was no misunderstanding there. They did not quarrel. About who was to do what. Whatever we can do. They had. They were focused. We need to get this man to Jesus Christ. It doesn't matter. Whether I do this. Or I do the other thing. And they decided to cooperate. And coordinate. And work as a team. As a team. Do we have a good team here? Say yes. Yes, we do. Praise God. And Gary is one of our team. Praise God. Part of our team. Teamwork is the key to success in any organization. In any corporation. In any church. Being at home. Being at school. Being in the workplace. Being in our government. Being in sports. Today in sports, you cannot if, if you play football, you cannot play football by yourself. You've got to cooperate with the 11 men on the field. And as a team, you can win the game. And also, as individuals, you can lose the game. Remember that. There is no success without team effort. When I used to work, we used to preach. Teamwork, teamwork. And I think it's still in the workplace nowadays. It's not me, myself, and I. It's all of us. And also one thing more. They had courage. They had courage. They tore the roof, didn't they? Don't you think this would take courage to go to someone else's place? Go on the roof. You might, you might question the kind of roof. The roof, the homes were built in the old days. Flat roofs. And to go to the roof, There was a stairs from the outside. My uncle used to have a house like this. We lived in homes like this back in Lebanon. And this is this was the normal. So they went from the outside. When they came in. With their courage. They found that they couldn't go through the door. Those people were sitting there. And they couldn't go through the window. And they asked please can we pass. No one listened to them. No one would let them go in. Did they give up? Did they give up? When we were building this church, thank God, our God is the builder. But we were workers with him. We faced many difficulties. Gary faced some difficulties to get us the But did he give up? And thank God he did not. Otherwise we wouldn't be here. And did we give up on the difficulties we faced? You know we faced many of them. But we will not give up. Church, we should not give up on any difficulty that comes between us and bringing someone to Jesus Christ. Remember that. No hindrance should affect your determination to bring a person to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Stand firm. Have courage. When the door didn't work. The windows didn't work. They said, "Okay." They didn't ask them. Say, "Okay, this is going to cost us. We're going to repair the roof later on. We can't do that." They said, "Let us, let us dig the roof and bring him through the roof, and we will worry about expenses later. When I get to heaven, I'm going to ask them who repaired the roof there. But I don't care, and who paid for it." I, have, I will give you a clue. The one who got healed paid for it. Because there is no expense. There is no expense compared to the blessing that Jesus gives and the healing that he gives. Nothing. Nothing compared to the life that he gives and the joy that he, you have. Church, when we bring folks to Jesus... We must be prepared for difficulties. And should be resolved to overcome them. If we do not find a way, we should make one. Amen? And one more thing. They did not try to cure him. They realized they don't have the power. Now, we bring it to Jesus. Who are we? We cannot forgive sins. We cannot cure a man. Man cannot forgive sins. Have it down. Write it in your Bible. Put it there in big big words. Man cannot forgive sins. Regardless, regardless of all the authorities we have around us. Only Jesus Christ can cure you from sin. Only Jesus Christ can save you from yourself. Can save you from sin and he can give you eternal life. Man can offer only bandages and put a band-aid. Any person under the sun cannot offer that salvation that Jesus Christ. Only in his name, the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. They had a common goal to also reach that physician. We reached that physician. And they had faith. They had faith. They committed Everything to Jesus. And they were determined that we will get this paralytic before Jesus Christ. And here comes down from the roof. And Jesus saw him. And Jesus, the moment he saw him, he looked at his faith. He looked at his faith. He said, your sins are forgiven. Before anything else. He knew that first and foremost, he has to attend To his soul. Because the soul of man is eternal. He had to attend to his soul. And says you. Your sins are forgiven. And then get up. Pick up your bed. And go walking. You know what happened? He didn't tell him to go to the hospital. Down the street. And get few injections. He didn't tell him that. Take few pills. This is some antibiotics for five days. And then. Will come back and see me? This is not Jesus, folks. One encounter with Jesus is enough for a lifetime and eternal. One encounter. And that encounter is, Jesus Christ, I come to you. Save my soul. He, he saw him in his, in his agony. He saw him paralyzed. He couldn't do anything. On a little pallet here, there. And these four men looking to Jesus. Yes. They're waiting because they'd had faith. Get up. And he got up. And he rose. And he praised God. And he was healed immediately. You know what folks? Jesus is the only one who can do that. A word about this paralytic man. He was willing to go to Jesus. If this person, you know, we have, we have the choice. You have the choice. No one should overcome your will. Your will should be whether I come or I don't come. This person says, "Of course, take me. I'm ready. I'm ready. And if I go there, I know he's going to heal me. He had faith. He was willing to go to, to go to Jesus. If someone will carry me, may the Lord help us all to be men and women who can carry people." To the Lord Jesus Christ. Do not say Adol is the pastor. Or we have. We have. Michael's and elder and build. This is the work for the elders. No it's not. It's everyone's work. When Jesus sent them he said go to the world. Disciples and. Change the world. And they did change the world. And turn it upside down. He was a totally helpless man. Who could do. Nothing about his condition. And if you feel this morning like him. And let me ask this question. Do you feel like this man? Do you feel young man that you are like this man? I offer you Jesus. He came and this man was healed. I want to s- My last word is about the Lord himself. That's final word. He says in verse 10, Dean read, that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. Notice one thing. God did not interrogate him like some people do. Aha! What did you do? What? When? Who? You know these questions? You have them in the the work. He did not tell him that. He wasn't An interrogating person. No. All he wanted is to be in front of him. And ask Jesus. To change his life. And let me say this. Jesus is loving. Is kind. Is compassionate. Whatever is your problem. He can solve it. And he will not interrogate you. He said your sins are forgiven. You're not going to ask me about my past sins? You're not going to ask me about all these. That people talk about? No. I erase them with my blood. I change you. And set you free. Arise and go. Two words. Note these things. Once. Once. The soul has passed from time. Into eternity. Yours and mine. Forgiveness is no longer possible. He told him, the Son of Man, Jesus Christ, has authority on earth to forgive sin. Up there, there is no forgiveness. The soul that is gone to heaven won't need it. You're already forgiven. The soul in hell can't have it. There is no place or time for forgiveness after death. Regardless how many people pray for you. If all the angels in the world and all the saints of the world. Pray for your soul after you leave this world. If you are saved you don't need anything. You are in the presence of God. And if you left this world without salvation. Nothing. No one can forgive you your sins. Rest assured this is the Bible. If you are still out of Christ. That's what I offer you today. Hear him speak. Your sin is forgiven. Your sins are forgiven. If you come to him today. Repentant. Believing. With faith. Jesus Christ will not let you go without full satisfaction. He will forgive you every sin. For his name's sake. And we'll send you. Rejoicing. Let's bow our heads for prayers. If I'm speaking to any person here. This afternoon now. Who's going through a lot. I offer you Jesus. He can save you. And change you. And forgive you. And send you. Rejoicing. Our father we thank you for this. Word. It is your word not mine. We pray for this congregation. We pray for those. Who know you. That you encourage them and bless them. And those. Who are still. In pain. Lost without Jesus Christ. That you extend your helping hand your compassionate heart, your loving and kindness, and help them from drowning. Change their lives and give them life everlasting. Bless each and everyone. And again, we pray for those who couldn't make it today, those who are ill, those who are away on a trip, anywhere else. We pray that you be with them, bless them, and bring them back to us safely. Thank you for this building. Thank you for allowing us to be in a country where there's a freedom of speech. We can preach the Lord Jesus Christ and Him crucified. We pray that you continue your blessings upon each and every one of us and dismiss us. In Jesus' name we pray.
0: Amen.